Thank you for joining us today. The Holy Bible emphasizes the priority of prayer and fasting in the Old and New Testaments. That alone reveals the importance of consistent devotion to these doctrines in our Christian lives. We cannot comprehend the unspeakable joy as well as spiritual and personal rewards that await us when we faithfully fulfill these commandments. Listen in with Bible, pen, and paper handy as you will want to take notes. Let me tell you something, my friend. Prayer prepares us for the unexpected. There are things happen unexpectedly to us. Prayer prepares us for the unexpected. Our day can start so normally and end so tragically. Uh, Our day can start so normally and end up so tragically. For example, the late basketball superstar Kobe Bryant and his daughter took a helicopter to her basketball tournament, uh, which he had done many, many times. But on this day, which started so normally, ended up tragically with them and others dying in the helicopter crash. Another illustration is the recent shooting of Ahmad Avery, who went out to just jog and ended up being murdered in Georgia. Beloved, these two illustrations should serve notice on us that we must live in a state of readiness for our imminent departure from this life. Life is brief. Life is short. And and sometimes we leave here suddenly. Sometimes it's a gunshot wound. Sometimes it's a car wreck. Sometimes somebody break in your house. It could be police officer and shoot up the wrong house. But but it's not really how you die. But at the end of the day, it's being ready to die. It's being ready to die because death comes so, so many ways. I wish all of us can be like my mother and just die in your sleep and just go home to be with Jesus. But it's not going to be so for everyone because we know God is sovereign. So we need to live in a state of readiness for our imminent departure and be in right relationship with the Lord. Our family be in right relationship with the church and others. As a matter of fact, a thought just came to my mind from my mother. She she would often say, uh, I want to tell you all something, children. And I said, what's that, mama? She say, if you don't have God. And if you don't have church and if you don't have family, you don't have much going for you. Oh, how true that is. If you don't have God, if you don't have church, if you don't have family, You don't have much going for you. How true those words are still ringing in my soul. Number six, prayer keeps us in the Lord's perfect will. Prayer keeps us in the Lord's perfect will. In the gospel of Luke chapter 22, verse 42, it says, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Just because you're going through struggles or crises does not necessarily mean that you are out of the will of God as reflected in the current passage we're preaching. Sometimes we go through troubles. We say, oh, I must not be in God's will because I'm having too much trouble. No, Jesus was in the perfect will of his heavenly father 
And yet he had trouble from his birth all the way to his death. Just because you're having trouble does not necessarily mean you're out of the will of God. Jesus was born in trouble. He lived in trouble and he died in trouble. And yet he was in the perfect will of God, the father, the word of God, prayer and spirit led decisions help us to stay in the will of God. The word of God, prayer and spirit led decisions help us to stay in the will of God, especially when we are in a crisis. We must surrender to the will of God when it is not convenient. We must surrender to the will of God when it is not comfortable. We must uh, surrender to the will of God when we lack understanding. We must surrender to the will of God when the Lord is taking us in a way that we have not been before. Like we're in now, being in, being in this in this virus is a good case in point. He's taken us in a way as a nation, as a world that we've not been before. And, 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 and you got to hold on to God when you don't know about the next move and how you should go. That's when you have to even trust him the more. Beloved, I pose a question to you as you journey through this crisis. Can you say that you are certain that you are in the will of God for your life? You mean to tell me with with all the upheaval in the world and and the coronavirus affecting 182 countries and shut down globally and and things are happening here and there and all kinds of ramifications and repercussions because of it. You mean to tell me even now in this season of the of your life, you don't know the will of God. It's time for you to shut yourself in your prayer closet and say, God, it's too late in the evening for me not to know your will. Matter of fact, make me know your will. Make me know your will. If not, you need to cry out to God. If you don't know his will, you need to ask God to reveal his will to you, his divine purpose to you, his divine purpose for your life, and then passionately pursue what he is calling you to do. Once you know his will, once our Lord has made you know, then you're responsible for passionately doing the will of the Father with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, allowing nothing to separate you from the love of God. Next question I pose is, when should we pray? When should we pray? Number one, whenever the Spirit of God moves us to pray, it is time to pray. Whenever the Spirit of God moves us to pray, it is time to pray. We must have a life enveloped in prayer. We must have a life enveloped in prayer. Second Thessalonians chapter one, verse 11a says, therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of his calling. That's second Thessalonians chapter one, verse 11a. And then Psalms 55, 17 says morning, noon and night. I cry out in my distress and the Lord hears my voice. Psalms 55, 17. Oh, my friends, whenever the spirit of God moves us to pray, it's time to pray. Secondly, when should we pray? We need to pray, especially when we don't feel like praying. When you don't feel like praying is when you need to be praying the most. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. So the spirit of God move you to pray. You pray. When you don't feel like praying, you just pray anyhow. 
Pray anyhow, even if it's not a long prayer, just pray. Thirdly, when should we pray? We need to pray when we do not know what to do. All of us have those moments in time when we just uh, don't know exactly what to do. We're not sure of ourselves. After Judas betrayed Christ and hung himself, according to Acts chapter one, verses 23 through 26, Peter and the apostle proposed two names and prayed to God for a decision for Judas's replacement who had hung himself. They did. The, the apostles didn't know what to do. Uh, they didn't know who was to succeed Judas. And they prayed and God gave an answer. When you don't know what to do, be still and pray till God makes you know without a doubt what you must do, my friend. Number four, when should we pray? We need to pray when we are forsaken and betrayed by others. We need to pray when we are forsaken and betrayed by others. Matthew chapter 26, verse 57 says, then all the disciples, then all the disciples forsook him, Christ, and fled. Do not become discouraged and press on when people you thought had your back forsake you in the middle of your crises. Loyalty is a very strange word nowadays. It is very, very strange. People you thought had your back all of a sudden betrays you. That can be most hurtful indeed. And I know many of you out there in the audience, including myself, we've all have experienced betrayal to one degree or another. Beloved, you cannot live in this life without encountering betrayal, which brings on a crisis. Betrayal is inevitable in life. In this life journey, Betrayal is inevitable. What makes betrayal so hurtful is that it usually come from people you could trust that you thought you could trust only to have them deceive you and be disloyal toward you. It is the people that that you were uh, very confidential with shared things, disclosed things, people that you poured your life into, people uh, that you thought you can trust and you let them in and they got real close and then they became disloyal and hurt you deeply. Jesus knows about betrayal. He was betrayed by one of his own disciples and uh, that hurt Jesus the most, but he kept going toward the cross. Do not let your hurt, your pain, your betrayal keep you from doing that which God has called you to do. Number five, we need to pray when we are tempted to quit. We need to pray, especially when we are tempted to quit. Jesus refused to quit in the midst of his crises. Some people, they go through the least little crisis and all of us, all of a sudden, zoom, they're just gone. You can't find them. Some people in the church been gone six months and you don't even know they were gone. They didn't say bye. They didn't say I'm gone. You just look around. They gone. Like Jesus, we must remain focused in crises. We must refuse to quit. Jesus pressed on. Had Jesus quit, there would be no redemption. Had, had, had Jesus quit, there, there would be no salvation. Had Jesus quit, there would be no heaven for us. Had Jesus quit, there would be 
uh, no salvation for us. Thank God that he didn't quit. And since he has not quit, don't you dare quit. Quitting is not an issue. It should be a non-issue when you think about what God endured for you and for me. You press on and finish what God assigned you to do. Jesus said in Luke chapter 22, verse 42, Luke 22, 42, it says in the word of God, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. You see, my friends, Jesus prayed that God the Father would take away the cup of divine wrath and suffering but then willingly submitted to the father's will, which he put ahead of his own will and pressed on toward Calvary. You will not quit when you keep God's will ahead of your will. Now, when you put your will ahead of God's will, you will quit. I'm through. This person said something. This person hurt my feeling. This person don't appreciate me. This person never says I'm doing a good job. Uh, I'm never encouraged here. Listen. That's part of the kingdom experience. Many Christians also leave their family. They leave the ministry and the church because of backsliding, because of secret sins. They leave the church because of hidden agendas. They leave the church. Many leave the church because of sexual immorality adultery, spiritual immaturity. They many get upset at leadership in the church and they leave. They leave because of rebellion, personal rebellion in their own lives. Uh, They leave the church because of their own spiritual regression. They leave the church because of their, their own spiritual pride, because of their own anger. Many leave the church. They make everything else the issue, but they are the issue. They have unresolved issues in their own lives, but they make They make a digression and make everything else the issue. But the issue is them and what's going on in their own hearts. As many of you, let me tell you something. As many of you have been away from the Lord's house, we've been away from the house of God through this Corona crisis for many weeks, for an extended period of time because of this virus. I pray that you do not become so comfortable being away and so complacent being away that you lose the passion for returning to the house of God. You've been so used now of late sitting in your pajamas or whatever and drinking your coffee or tea, crossing your leg and watching the program uh, by Facebook or YouTube or whatever you're looking at, social media. And now when it's time to come to church, you got to think twice. Well, I might get Corona. I might, well, you go to Walmart, you go to, you go to Costco and you, you fill those baskets, come on home, wash your hands and eat and don't even think about it. But we'll go to church. Oh, I might get it. Well, you get over yourself. The truth is you've gotten too comfortable. You're too comfortable. Have you lost your passion for returning to God's house, for worshiping with his people? And serving faithfully in ministry to the glory of Jesus Christ? I pose a question to you, beloved. Have you gotten so comfortable at in your house with your little dog in your lap, drinking your coffee and Kool-Aid that you have lost your passion? Why do saints struggle with prayer? Why do saints struggle to pray? Why? 
Number one, because God's children do not make up their mind to pray. If you don't make up your mind to pray, you won't pray. You have to have a made up mind to pray. Why do uh, Christians struggle to pray? Uh, Many saints struggle with prayer because they depend on others to pray for them. That's why many struggle with prayer. They depend on others. Will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? When are you going to pray for yourself? You, You have permission to pray for yourself. Beloved, never tell someone you're praying for them when you're not. You're lying to them. If you're scared you're not going to pray for them, you need to stop and pray right then. If you're not praying, if you're not praying for yourself, you know you. Let me say it this way. If you are praying for yourself, you you know that you are covered with prayer. When you are praying for yourself, you know you are uh, 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 covered with prayer. Don't just assume people are praying for you. Ensure your divine covering by praying for yourself. Matthew chapter 26, verse 42 and 43 says again, a second time he went away and prayed saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me, unless I drink it, your will be done. I like that. Your will be done. That's how you not quit. Your will be be done. That's how you keep on keeping on. Your will be done. That's how you how you stand in the midst of of time when people are quitting. Your will be done. Verse 43. And he came and found them asleep. He told them to watch and pray. And he found the disciples asleep again. The scripture says for their eyes were heavy. Heavy with what? Heavy with sleep. Why do saints struggle to pray? Uh, thirdly, many saints struggle with prayer because they are too busy to pray because their lives are filled with so many distractions. Many saints struggle with prayer because they are too busy to pray because their lives are filled with so many distractions. I'm going to tell you, something, distractions come when you begin to pray. As a matter of fact, when you get on your knees or you lay in the bed or you stretch out before God, or however you pray, I tell you, all of a sudden, instantly you get you get a perfect memory of everything you need to do or forgot or you forgot to do. You need to put a little pad by your bed and begin to write those things down. You forgot and stay where you are and keep on praying. Why do saints struggle to pray? They underestimate the power of prayer. That's why many struggle to pray. They underestimate the power of prayer. Beloved, if we could only grasp the infinite power that is resident in prayer, we would be so excited to pray in anticipation of what God is going to do. Let me say that again. Many Christians underestimate the power of prayer. And and, and if they could only grasp the in, the infinite power that is resident in prayer, prayer is the most powerful thing you can do is read the Bible and pray and live in the Holy Spirit's power, we would be so excited to pray in anticipation of what God is going to do with us, through us, and to us. Number five, why do Christians struggle to pray? Some saints struggle with prayer because many churches are asleep spiritually. Many churches are asleep spiritually and are not aware that that we are in spiritual warfare. Sadly, many believers and even churches don't realize that the war is on. We need to wake up. I said again, we need to wake up spiritually. Luke 22, chapter 22, verses 45 through 46 a says when he arose 
up from prayer and had come to his disciples. He found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray. I challenge you, Maranatha, rise and pray. I challenge the believing community who know the Lord, rise and pray. In a nation filled with sexual immorality, in a nation filled with greed, in a nation filled with hate, in a nation filled with surging violence and protest, confusion, racial unrest, corruption in high places and spiritual decline. It is high time for the church to wake up spiritually, to rise up and pray. Romans chapter 13 verse 11 says, and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of your spiritual sleep. Wake out of sleep for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. We are almost out of this world. It won't be long before we are living here. Don't put your roots too deep. Don't get, don't get too comfortable. Get, put your clothes on. Get dressed. Get ready to come to church. It's, it's about to start over here and get up out of that comfort. Get up out of that complacency. Rise up. It's time to be about the Father's business and God will bless you and God will give you divine favor in the midst of this coronavirus. It's no time to be shedding your little cocoon. It's time for you to rise and shine and give God the glory. In closing, Jesus was able to persevere and overcome his indescribable, horrendous, dreadful crisis when the fury of hell was raging against our Lord because he was able to keep his eyes fixed on the heaven, on his heavenly father. That's how he succeeded. He kept his eyes fixed on his heavenly father and the divine purpose for which he was called to fulfill. In the midst of our trials, tribulation, in the midst of our hardships and adversities, we too, like Jesus, can overcome as we look at the cross. We must keep our eyes on Jesus and live in hope and speak in faith. Stop being negative. Stop being pessimistic. Stop saying what you can't do. Believe in your heart that with God, you all things are possible to those who believe. I like that old Negro spiritual, as I conclude, that says, every time I feel the spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Every time I Feel the spirit moving in my heart. I will pray upon the mountain where my God spoke out of his mouth came fire and smoke. The Jordan River is chilly and cold. It chilled my body, but not my soul. Every time I feel the spirit Moving in my heart, I will pray. I remember so vividly a few years ago, we were in the Jordan River, that same river where Jesus, where, where John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And there was a host of people who came uh, that we brought on buses, wanted to, to just re-identify themselves with Christ through baptism and they were baptized and we had other uh, 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 others from countries who was witnessing what was going on. And they said, can we join in? Uh, 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 we want to be baptized, too. I said, well, you just can't get baptized. Uh, uh, you, that's something you must believe first. 
And they, and, and they looked at me. I said, do you believe that Jesus is God? They say, yes. Do you believe that he died on the cross for your sins? Uh, they say, yes. I started uh, asking them critical questions as it relates to salvation. They say, yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. I said, come on in the water. And you know what they did in front of ladies and men and all? They could care less. They took off their clothes all the way down to their underwear and they jumped in the water and they hurried up and they were baptized. It was about 20 of them, young men. And then we baptized one after another, after another, after another. And that water was cold, but we kept on baptizing. It chilled our body, but not our soul. Every time I feel the spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. But the question I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, will you pray? If what's going on around our world at this present time doesn't move you to pray, shame on you, nothing will. And all God's children said, amen. And Father, we thank you for this message. Oh, God, I pray we get the point of the message and that there be a spiritual awakening. You're not waiting on the White House. You're not waiting on celebrities. You're not waiting on superstars. You're not waiting on politicians. You're not waiting on rappers. You're not waiting on all that stuff. You are waiting on your people, the redeemed, the saints, to wake up. To rise, to be light, and give God the glory in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. God bless you. The Word of God admonishes us to wait patiently on Him, and He will give us the desires of our hearts. We must pray, meditate, commune, and wait on God. We must fight against the I, me, and my right now syndrome that perpetuates today's society. God and God alone is the answer to everything. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and so much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.